right, hour number two on a Monday. Hope you're having a good one. Uh, talking a lot of basketball today, obviously. Men's championship game tonight with UConn and San Diego State. UConn favored by seven. Yesterday's women's championship getting talked about for a lot of reasons. Hopefully the basketball is the first reason. 102-85, LSU got after it. A team that doesn't hit a lot of threes hit a lot of threes. Uh, a lot of excitement in that game. Players stepping up that hadn't stepped up for them uh, throughout the season. And uh, also, another game, men's and women's side have dealt with this. Another game, Zay, where officiating got talked about a lot. What did you think of those two Caitlin Clark offensive fouls in the second quarter, I think it was? Terrible. I didn't like either one of them. And the the one on Angel Reese, was it her second? That, that SWAT foul where yeah. she blocks the ball onto the foot? And I thought Kim was going to come undone, but I agreed with her. That's not a foul. See, you got everybody and they mama on the Specs text line getting after me because they want me to forget about the Miami game. Now you bringing up the reps. Oh, and now oh, it makes me no. think about. No, I know. I shouldn't have said it. I'm sorry. You're right. It's going to take you back. You're still, you're still in that area. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It is the weirdest, unique thing about basketball to me. It's the only sport that we have major sport that we have that has that thing with the fouls where in the regular course of a game, the way the officials look at the game can determine who could play in the biggest moments, who could play in the most important moments. And in this case, Iowa ends up with a couple players, a couple seniors getting big fourth fouls in a key moment. The Caitlin Clark Tech and all that kind of stuff. We'll keep talking about all that. You can uh, get us uh, on the Specs text line, 337-3776. Right now, it is time for our weekly discussion on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, even though he's sitting right here in studio with us, with Joe Cook of Inside Texas and On3.com. How are you, sir? Doing great. If you want to keep going on the wrestling stuff, we can, we can fill up the next 45 minutes. <laughs> we, did, we talked way too much WrestleMania during the, the break. It is a sickness. It really yeah. is. Yeah. It's fun. It's a spring, they go at us, but it's, a spring, it's whatever. It's a spring flu. Exactly. It happens every year, and I don't know what it means that they're now in bed with UFC. That's really weird. It's weird, but WrestleMania season's only a small portion of the year, so you got to give it its attention when it comes time. Yeah, there's a group of fans that probably only cares. Rumble to Rip Mania. Right, a February to April, then you're out. Yeah. And then you kind of duck out for a while. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be that guy. I mean, uh, now, are we going to watch Raw tonight after WrestleMania? Probably, because a lot of things happen. I mean, come on. you got you got to be real. Now, before we start, Joe, I see your hat. That looks like a Wu-Tang sign. It ain't a Wu-Tang sign. Where's your hat from? It's from uh, Horseshoe Bay. Okay. So I'm walking in repping y'all's sponsor already. Dope. I feel you. <laughs> They love Wu-Tang out at the Horseshoe Bay. <laughs> Don't you fool yourself. Don't you fool yourself. Oh, man. Yeah, Horseshoe Bay. I went over there bumping some old dirty bastard, and they none like it. They treat Rizzo like Jack Nicholas out there. <laughs> he can walk in. He can play anywhere he wants. Every course. All those courses we talk about, all three of them, he gets to play them for free every day. Love the Wu-Tang. Uh, all right. So, uh, Joe, Texas. Uh, let's start with Texas baseball. They dropped a series to Oklahoma State, and it came right down to a rubber game. Um, Got to be frustrating for a team, coaching staff, and everybody. Fans alike. Uh, when you lead 3 nothing early on, you get that lead, and then you end up giving it up. What did you make of the the third game of the series where it got away from them? Yeah, just kind of sputtered at the end. You know, when you load the bases up in the top of the ninth and think, this is our opportunity to extend a lead and don't take advantage of that. And then you start putting runners on with one out. It's just not a good recipe uh, for, for success. And 
you know, this was probably one of the toughest teams in the Big 12. I think Oklahoma State was picked to win the Big 12 this year by, uh, you know, whenever they do the preseason poll. Mm -hmm. And of course, you'd like to leave and get two out of three from them. But I think you have to be really pleased so far with being, I guess, first percentage wise tied, second game wise, record wise in the Big 12 with this team. You're still figuring out a lot of different parts about the, a lot of different aspects about the bottom of your lineup, but you're starting to get more reliable play from the top of your order and he's and David Pierce is still piecing some of the moving things around with with lineup placement and things like that but a lot of the the knowns the the circle of trust is starting to be formed and I think it's probably bigger than what it was at the beginning of the season and a good sign of development for a team that's probably thinking okay what do we need to do now to win a big 12 championship this season you know, Joe, last Tuesday, being A&M, that's always a big win. But then coming in to Stillwater and, man, oh boy, on Saturday, Oklahoma State, he had some nasty stuff. Like, I was, that was going to be a tough game. But like Chad said, the Sunday game, very unfortunate. But tomorrow with Air Force and then what, Kansas State this weekend, mm-hmm. you have a chance to win four games and beat some pretty good teams and get that confidence back. And I think – with what we saw Cal State Fullerton and where we are now, I like where we are. Like, even losing this weekend, I was good with that. It was heartbreaking, but I like where we are now, and I know Coach Pierce, he should be happy with where this team's at moving forward. Absolutely. And then, you know, Air Force is – they don't have Paul Skeens again. That guy's over in Baton Rouge throwing 102. But they do have mm. – it's just a scrappy team. Of course it is. It's a future military service members that are going to – play with a lot of scrap but it's still a team that Texas should be able to you know handle on a midweek and then Kansas State like you said this is an opportunity to go 4-0 this week and maybe get yourself to what it'd be 7-2 and in Big 12 play and I remember a few weeks ago I asked uh, Coach Pierce you know there are 24 games through Big 12 conference play and, you know what what how many games do you think it's going to take to maybe win the conference and you know with basketball we typically have a good idea that it's 15 it was off this year by one, I think, with, with Kansas winning with 14 wins, but it's usually 15, 16 in basketball. I think it's usually a little bit higher, maybe 16, 17, 18, because that's two-thirds or better. Mm. But with the way the Big 12 is this year, where there may not really be an elite team and a lot of teams kind of of similar quality in the middle, this could be a series where if you get to seven, you're, you could be halfway to a Big 12 conference regular season title because if you go 14 and 10 that could be good enough to win the league this year so uh that's all to say that you know sweeping getting that uh you know 4-0 week heading into easter um coming out seven and two on the other side of of the break that'd be huge as far as texas for solidifying a place in the big 12 conference race Talking with uh, Joe Cook, Texas baseball, getting ready for that Air Force game tomorrow. Remember, weird start time, 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, so it's over on 1260 and 101.9. Regular talk shows here on the horn. So in terms of the – back to the Sunday game, the team did give some stuff up at the back end, but LeBaron Johnson did not. Talk to me about him. Is he locked in for you now as the Sunday guy? And if so, what's gonna? what are you looking for now on midweek games? You'll probably see a, a lot of different guys. Um, Ace Whitehead, someone who seems to be working his way into uh, a pitcher that David Pierce likes throwing out there. And not just, you know, at, at this point in weekends, it seems like he's gotten a lot of lefty-lefty matchups. But midweek games, they count the same as, you know, in the record books, but it's a chance to give guys opportunities. And that may be a chance for someone like Ace Whitehead to go and maybe 
get some opportunities against right-handed hitters, go through lineups maybe once or twice, same with Charlie Hurley. Um, but I, I think LeBaron Johnson, it's been building up to where Coach Pierce seems like he wants to get him there as long as he keeps throwing like he has. Um, like, you know, he may not always repeat what he offered versus LSU, but he's been pitching really, really well this year to where you see that that TBA on Sundays, and I think it may be – we may be getting a uh, LeBaron Johnson penciled in before too long. Now, you know, that could change if he goes out there and LeBaron Johnson's a starter again on Tuesday, gets two innings declared, and then, you know, maybe come back on, on Sunday again, or I guess it'd be Saturday, but maybe the short week alters that. Um, and then, of course, the weird Monday game, day after Easter, followed by a Tuesday game with uh, Texas State. So, But I think he's pitched well enough to definitely have earned a spot in the rotation. I I, I think figuring out what to do on Saturday and finding the best way to use Zane Morehouse, who I think has good closer stuff, uh, but he's had you know up and down outings as uh, as a, over the result or over the course of the last week. Joe, this football team just got done with another scrimmage this past Saturday, and we're less than two weeks away from the spring game. What did you hear about the Saturday scrimmage? We know that defense is always ahead of offense during this time of the season, but on the offensive side, somebody got to be doing something. Right, yeah, it, we have we had a bunch of notes over on the week over the weekend on Inside Texas, and yeah, like you mentioned, when you're an offense, you you game plan for a defense, but at this point, you're you're not doing a lot of game planning for a spring scrimmage, so it's just play on play. Um, and at this point, you know, defense kind of knows what it it's it's going to be faced with, and offense isn't necessarily attacking weaknesses, so it makes sense. You know, we've heard past few years that defense kind of remains ahead of offense, and a lot of the strength, at least on on Texas, is in that interior defensive line. Uh, Tavondre Sweat, um, Byron Murphy, guys who are stepping in for Keandre Coburn and Moro Jomo, but also guys like Alfred Collins, who even Steve Sarkeesian pra- praised last week. Uh, Vernon Broughton, um, even Sadir Mitchell, they're getting their opportunities. So that interior defensive line, uh, they're, they're showing out, kind of indicates some of the questions about uh, the interior on the offensive line, you know what you have at tackle with Kelvin Banks and Christian Jones. Uh, you have a really good idea of what Jake Majors is going to provide at center, but with Cole Hudson out nursing an injury, uh, with DJ Campbell being just a, I guess he'd be a true sophomore, and you know getting some action last year, that that and then Hayden Connor coming back, that's a position that they're trying to to figure out a little bit what the best combo is there, and they've. They've had some trouble going up against the Texas defensive line. So uh, that that the interior is where I'm looking. You also have to make a, a note of watching Will linebacker who's going to line up next to Jalen Ford. And right now it seems like Maurice Blackwell has been able to do pretty good there. Um, Anthony Hill, Leona LaFowle, they're they're taking opportunities. But David Benda seems to really have a good grasp on that position um, and is along with Keaton Crawford, two of the guys mentioned as having some of the better spring football practices. As, as of right now, I feel like when, we're, when we mentioned these young guys, obviously on the offensive side, Jontae Cook seems to come up for a lot of people. Uh, Baxter in the running back position, too. But between Cook and Hill, do you think both those guys end up making an impact in their rookie year? We, uh, we kept hearing so many things. Freshman year, sorry. Let's make it pro football already. Uh, but the, we, we've heard so much about them, and now we're already starting to hear that there's an impact being made uh, for both of those guys. Guys, do you think they both make a name for themselves in that first year? I think so. I think Cook can probably make an impact a little quicker because with wide receiver, especially in Steve Sarkeesian's offense, you do have to process. Yeah, I mean, any wide receiver in, in any offense has to make a process of what they see from the defense and making sure they run the right 
route, things like that. Uh, but he was already very adept at that at DeSoto. He's got great athleticism. He was a five-star in the on-three industry ranking. So he's someone who is physically prepared, and as long as he's got the mental preparation, which is a little bit easier to do at wide receiver than linebacker. You know, he's Anthony Hill. His best stuff, if you watch his Denton Ryan film, it's all going forward. Well, in this league and, and in football, middle linebackers have to go backwards sometime. Now, I think that they can figure out a way for him to make an impact, maybe at a diff, kind of in the DeMarvian overshone role. He's wearing zero, and I think there's some – some, several similarities for him there, but he's a little bit bigger bodied. Uh, but he, you know, he's got to be able to prove that he can process and not just you know reading the triangle, but seeing what's going on uh, and going backwards because that's not something he did a ton uh, or had to do at a very high level. At least didn't Ryan. Yeah. I think this could be a huge year for somebody that I don't think we talk about enough, and that's JT Sanders. I think we all just expect, you know, we know his talent and how good he is, so we just expect for him to have a first-team All-Big 12 kind of year, but it doesn't always work that way. But we know he's capable, and he could be the best tight end in the nation if he's utilized right. How do you think he'll be utilized this year opposed to last year? He may be featured I don't know how having another tight end on the field, whether it be someone like Andre Carrick, so a 6-0 lineman, or having someone like Gunnar Helm affects what he's able to do. But if Texas is leaning on its receivers a little bit more, leaning on Quinn Ewer's ability to throw the ball a little bit more and taking some responsibility out of a backfield that's missing you know, over 2,000 rushing yards from, from last season, even with the talented guys, it may lead to him being able to get the matchups he wants against uh, – you know, third corners or, or nickel backs that he that are just not able to physically keep up with him. And as long as he's able to continue to be the the plus blocker that he was last year, we know what he can do as a receiver. Um, he's been you know Quinn Ewers is obviously really comfortable with him. He was the second leading receiver I think last year, uh, at least as far as catches go, or was right behind Jordan Whittington. So he could do that again. Um, and he and then you know he could possibly maybe make his way up to the thousand yard receiver mark and I don't know if mm. if Texas has ever had a thousand yard receiver at tight end I know I, I'm pretty sure Oklahoma did it for a few years under <laughs> Lincoln Riley but um, if it's going to be a lot of 11 personnel so one running back and, and one tight end you, you'd think that of your four maybe five pass, elig- pass yeah eligible receivers mm. Jatavian Sanders would be a guy you look to pretty often after maybe first read Xavier Worthy or first read Jordan Whittington so He's having another great spring. It's kind of one of those things where you hear, you know, all these guys who were great players, all Big 12 level last year, you don't ask a ton of questions about them because you have an expectation of where they'll be. And I think that's held true with Jatavian Sanders and how good he's been this this spring. Yeah, he's big time. He's so much fun to watch. All right, Joe, before we uh, before we let you go, the I should have started with this. Obviously, uh, it's what everybody wants to know. Uh, Rangers three and zero, Astros two and two. Are you ready to concede the AL West? Not yet. Talk to me when there's about. Are you are you sure? Because I mean, this thing games? feels like it's done. I mean, I mean, it just it feels it just feels like you're reeling. Rangers win the pennant. Feels like you're reeling. <laughs> Last time Rangers went three and zero oh was 2011. They went on to the World Series. I mean, it, but what happened in that World Series? Now that see, there's no reason to bring up details when uh-huh. it's when it's springtime. Mm-hmm. When it's springtime, there's no reason to bring up fall details. Does David Freeze? I'm, I'm just. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you mention that name? I deserve that. I set that up, so I probably deserve that. Uh, what are your thoughts so far on the on the Astros at two and two? What have you seen? It's pretty funny to I've talked with a lot of Astros fans, just from friends back home in Houston and things like that. And man, we 
Astros fans know how to complain about Dusty Baker setting the lineup. They're in midseason form already on that one. Um, but Michael, man, boy, it's only been four games, Joe. What you talking about, man? Leave me alone. We just won a championship. Y'all better leave me alone. Let me suck on this stupid. Michael Brantley coming back will be big. Whenever Jose Altuve comes back, I think tech, uh, the the Astros just kind of need to be in that position near the top of the division until they get those two guys back and even Lance McCullers because then it's a team that's still one of the best in baseball. Those are the yeah. core pieces of a, a, a title team. And once they come back, I have a feeling that that's going to help their record and probably, probably, in my opinion, boost them to another division title. Plus, and this is coming from a Rangers fan, not to make any excuse for them, but the Astros still have, I think, probably five to six more games of Megan the Stallion white jeans hangover. Woo! Right? I mean, you're still... Mm. The image of that is going to take a while. That's what Dusty Baker's thinking of when he's putting the lineup together. Boy. That's what Bregman's thinking of when he's trying to field ground balls. That's what the pitchers are dealing with when they're trying to spot these pitches. Oh, that booty can I, stop traffic. <laughs> I understand <laughs> that, that, that that might be where they're focused. It'd be so great if somebody asked Dusty Baker... Coach, man, this game kind of got away from you today. Talk about this tough loss. I tell you what, I'm still thinking about Megan. And just goes into this big rant no. about Megan. This t- <laughs> oh, there you go. Yes, Rangers. Booty fluffier than my mama banana pudding. I, I just I thought I'd mention the Rangers at 3-0 and because I don't know if it's going to last. I don't know if this first place is going to last much, much more than like another week. Who knows? Maybe not this season, but I, I'd, I'd be pretty happy about what's What's coming down the pipe in, a, in the next yeah. few years for for the Rangers, especially on the on the hill? Yeah, they've definitely run some and and won it in ways that feels like the Rangers should win games, right? Eleven sevens and stuff like that. It's kind of the Rangers Rangers style so far. What's in there, an eighteen to three as well, something like that over Ooh. the weekend? Something crazy? Yeah, uh, they 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 got after it pretty well. All right, so baseball getting cranked up on the uh, pro side. Texas uh, getting ready for Air Force and Kansas State this week, and we're only twelve days away from the Texas spring game. That is Joe Cook inside Texas on three dot com. He's at Joseph Cook eighty nine on Twitter as well. Always good to see you, brother. Absolutely, thank, thank you, guys. Joe. Joe Cook. His hat got accused of being Wu Tang, and he talked hey, some re- I asked and he talked him. wrestling they didn't with accuse us. Accuse him? I asked him. It'd be really cool if that was a Wu Tang. Right, symbol. that's what I'm saying. I see the dub. <laughs> they are everywhere. The symbol is everywhere, but it's—I don't know if it's out at Horseshoe. It probably is somewhere. Somewhere. Somebody's rocking it. You that ne- Wu wear. Yeah, that's one thing. Uh, one thing I've learned now doing a little research is you just never know who is a Wu Tang Clan fan. Is there a name for that per- person? Is there some like a name for a follower of the Wu Tang Clan? Um, Are you in no. the clan? Are you no, probably definitely say not in the clan? Yeah, yeah I probably should say that. No. Are you a Wu? Come on, Mark fo- Adams, follower of. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear Bucky and Aaron talking Mark Adams today? Yeah, what were they talking about? Dude, Bucky's throwing some stuff out there about Mark Adams. Just I'm lying gonna, on the man's name. I'm gonna talk to you about it during a break, so we don't get in trouble. Okay, for cool. It, but they were talking about it today. Uh, every Monday about uh, one o'clock, we talk with Joe Cook of Inside Texas. Thanks to him for his time. Up next, the Flex Thirty segment. We do have the Frazier Top Five plus the first big time D one offer for this receiver we've been telling you about. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Chad and Zay. Oh, come on now. Let's go. Let's go. 
Ah. You're just trying to make me smile all day, aren't you? Yeah, isn't this your favorite group? This is my favorite heavy metal band of all time. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. This would be your Judas Priest and Helion Electric Eye for the kids. That's right. Come on now. Just finished reading the second book from Rob Halford. Gave that one to my dad as part of his birthday uh, present this year. It's really good. So where are we here in this album? Um. Okay, this is... Let's see. Helion Electric Eye is on Screaming for Vengeance, I Correct. think. Yeah. Dude, this is right as it's taken off for Priest. This album contains probably their biggest hit. So in this time frame, they become a monstrous, you know, touring metal band. So it's like third, second album? This is, for them, it's, yeah, third to fifth, somewhere in there. If okay. I had to go look at the list. But this is 82, 83, 84. It's about to go straight up for them. Yeah, big stuff there. Great song live. They had a, a big setup where there was a robot. There was The stage was a robot, and it would pick up the guitar players. What? And it would pick Rob up, and it had lasers shooting out of its eyes. In the and 80s? Stuff. Yes. That's dope. It's fantastic. The stage setups were just awesome. All right, shout out to Judas Priest. Always love to hear some Priest. And a little Pink Floyd and a little White Snake today. Nothing wrong with that. Plus, we referenced the CMT Awards over at Moody. Complete with Megan the Stallion introducing Shania Twain. And the Black Crows were hanging with Darius Rucker. Can't we all just musically get along? There's a lot of stuff going on right now musically. And, uh, in fact, there was a guy who won an award last night at the CMT Awards. I'm assuming he's a country artist. And he got up there, and it looked like, I'm like, who is that guy? It looked, is that the hefty Post Malone? Yeah, thank you. It looked like Post Malone ate everybody <laughs> for like a week, right? It was Post Malone, but just a bigger dude. And, I'm, and then my wife says, oh, yeah, that's, I think she said Jelly Roll is his name. What? And I'm like, wait a minute. That guy has something that is being accepted by the country community right now? Well, that's awesome. I don't even care if it's good. Jelly Roll? Jelly Roll. I think it's what she said his name was. That's right. Is that right? That's right. <laughs> so I haven't heard it. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, apparently some, apparently the country world is currently, he got like video of the year or album of the year so, or something. Okay, so he has hip-hop ties. It makes sense. Because I'm looking, yeah, okay. they say that he has collaborations with Lil Wyatt. He's a rapper. Yellow Wolf, rapper. Tech Nine, who's also a rapper. So Okay. He might put a little spice into his country. So maybe he's doing a little rap-styled country? Yeah. Maybe he's doing what Big and Rich hoped to do, but in my opinion, never did. Which is, sure. you know, do good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or Nelly, when Nelly kind of crossed over and had those joints with Tim McGraw. Ooh, Lord of mercy. <laughs> what? You didn't like oh, that? Oh, man. Oh, no, no, no. That wasn't the worst. That one was yeah, okay. That what, was all in the, my what, head. You know, it, that was fine. That was heat. That was a cool little hook. They no, that did was that. The one I was thinking about when you said that was the horrific one with, was it Brad Paisley and LL Cool J? <laughs> Remember that one? I do not remember that. The song. I'll just help you here. You don't. This will tell you. The song I believe was called "Accidental Racist." Stop it, dude. It was bad. It was so bad. But anyway, shout out to Jelly Roll and the and the whole crew at CMT Awards. I have not checked out Jelly Roll yet, but I will try to uh, try to do that. At, yep, at accidental racist. You know what? That's an album you and I should listen to at some point. Is Jelly Roll? 
I'm with that. We'll do that. I'm really intrigued now. Yeah, I am too. I haven't heard a and I haven't heard a note of it. I have no clue what he does. Not a clue. We may need to. We're coming uh, back with some jelly roll. All right. Yeah. At least we're gonna we'll, come back with some. Jelly we'll roll. come back. You play us a little bit. And by the way, since he does have. Since I don't know, maybe double check. Do we need to have a? Oh, I'm gonna type clean. every everything have, I type. I put clean. Clean. Up so hopefully it is because country. You know they be pushing the line. I like the idea that there's dirty country out there. That's good. Yeah, I always like a grimier version of country. So we'll check that out coming up. Speaking of country, Coke. Fest 2023 is on sale now, August 4th and 5th out there at formerly the Hutto Park at Brushy Creek. It is now Adam Orgain Park, if you don't know. Go to CokeFest.com for more details. Friday, Whiskey Myers, Sammy Kershaw, William Clark Green, and Caitlin Butts and the Weathered Souls are part of it. Go to CokeFest.com for more details. You can buy your tickets right now. All right, let's get into the flex segment. We'll pay off this uh, top five we talked about last week. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right. Uh, one of the things I always say I love about Texas fans is their realism. I think Texas fans can be realistic about this one, and Zay will be nothing but realistic about this one. But we're updating people on uh, a lot of these star athletes in the area, and in this case, it is Blake Frazier, the stud offensive lineman from Vandegrift, part of their big run last year. He'll be back for his senior year this year. And we told you Friday he was going to put his top five out at 5 o'clock. I predicted that Michigan and Texas would be two of them, and then we'd just see what the others were. Well, I was right. It is Michigan, Texas, LSU, Clemson, and Florida. So, first off, bottom line, he's no good. No real good schools want him at all. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine having those five? Those are your, that's fantastic. Good for him. Uh, but we've also told you that Blake's dad went to Michigan. He played in the Tom Brady-Michigan era, block, literally blocked for Tom Brady at one point. And the other thing I would let you know about over the weekend, you may have heard the name Jaden Davis late last week into the weekend. Jaden Davis, stud quarterback from, I think, North Carolina, picked Michigan. Blake Frazier retweeted it with this big Michigan logo and the thing and the Uh drawings and all that. So, again, Longhorn fans, Florida, Clemson, LSU fans, I'm not telling you it's impossible. I am not telling you it's impossible. I'm telling you to go in with a realistic mindset. That's what I'm telling you when it comes to Blake Frazier. But obviously, best of luck to Blake picking the school that's right for him. Uh, He threw his top five out late last week. So we'll keep our eyes on that. Also, speaking of that team at Vandegrift, remember the name Alex Foster? Stud safety that made like 700 tackles a game for them. That's right. Mr. Foster just got his first big-time D1 offer, and it's from Coach Trailer at UTSA. You know Coach Trailer's going to come local. How about that? He ain't gonna go too far. Good for him. I can tell him. I can tell him one thing. If he puts Alex Foster on his defense, he is not gonna have to search for him. He's gonna know exactly where Alex Foster is. Yep, and that's by the ball. Follow the football. That Very dude, simple. That dude's incredible. I, I, I'm really interested to see too. Alex Foster at the next level. How much weight do you put on him? Do you keep him at safety? Is there a position change or anything? But that dude is amazing. The nose for the football is incredible. I'm assuming you just put a little bit of weight on him and you keep him as a badass safety. Yeah, like put on weight that Michael Taft put on. Right. Yeah. You go. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's who he reminds me of. That's a good comp. 
Yeah, that's a good comp. Uh, best of luck to Alex, and uh, whether it's UTSA or wherever he ends up, we'll see how that offer list may increase for him. And speaking of offer lists changing, Zay, we've talked about this uh, receiver at Weiss, Adrian Wilson, getting a lot of love, getting rankings, getting the star rankings up, going to camps, and now he's gotten his first, what I would call his first big-time D1 offer from Oregon. Mm. Hello, Adrian Wilson. Congrats, young man. Yeah, that's big time. I mean, you already got Austin Novosad up there. I'm pretty sure the Oregon coaches know this area very well. They do and now. Yeah, this ain't nothing for them. Yeah. I no. mean, it's Oregon, the facilities, the kicks, Phil Knight, uniforms. Great place to be. Eugene's a beautiful place. Like, I, you, we know why Novosad mm-hmm. flipped yep. from Baylor to Oregon. And them going after a boy from Weiss. That's that's big time for him. Yeah, congratulations to him. FLXATX on all your social media uh, platforms, and congratulations to all these guys. The offers, the visits, it's that time of year. We just talked about you know a junior day for Texas, and you got spring game coming up and, and all of that. And obviously, we're coming up on – we're going to have 7-on-7 seven seven before you know it, going to have the state 7-on-7 seven seven in College Station, and uh, 12 days from now, the Texas spring game. We do the flex segment every day about one 30. A lot of basketball on the board today. We've been talking about the men's game today, championship with UConn and San Diego State. Say, did you hear Coach uh, Hurley bragging about his team and said nobody came here for NIL after they beat Miami? I might tell him to calm That's down petty. a little bit. Let's calm down, Coach. That's petty. Calm down. But I do love the way. I love the way this team, UConn, I love the way they talk about themselves, and I love the way he talks about them. There's a confidence about this group that is just undeniable. And they're just matter-of-fact bragging, but it doesn't come across as bragging because they're that much better than everybody so far. They just feel like a steamroller explaining to you why they're flattening things. And San Diego State better show up and deal with this because I think this could be like a eight minutes to go first half and they're already down double figures and they're reeling. I mean, UConn jumps on people they and they make them pay for every little mistake I hope San Diego State can make this a game tonight. Yeah, me too. And one thing about UConn, they overpower people a lot with Adama Sanogo, their big man. But like I said earlier in the first hour, Chad, San Diego State, they got four really good defensive big men in Johnson, Mensa, uh, A-Rope, and oh boy, that dominated the end, Ladee. Mm-hmm. He had a really good game towards the end of the second half against FAU. So those guys are going to make Sonogo work. Now, are the guards for San Diego State, are they going to come to play? Because we know the guards for UConn, they've been balling all tournament long. Hawkins, Jackson, Newton, those guys really been playing. And plus, uh, Caliber, or yeah, Carol Band, him, the shooter, he stretches the floor, a freshman, about 6'8". He does a lot for the Huskies too. So uh, hopefully we get a good game, but that seven-point line – I think that's a little much. I could come in tomorrow and definitely be wrong. Yeah, I hope I hope it's too much, but I'm wondering if it could be like ten or fifteen by the end of the game. They're beating everybody by more than ten. Yeah. I mean they're just they're doing it to every single team. Uh and Hawkins is good tonight. Everything good with yeah, him? Yeah, he good. Okay. Yeah. Just a little little sick going into the game. Yeah, a little bug, man. Nothing a little rubble tussing can't fix. Yeah, a little tussing. Put a little some tussing, tussing on it. Yeah, put some tussing on it. A little, a little sprite, seven up, you know, OG style. Yeah, and again, I misspoke earlier saying he didn't play. Of course he played. Played, but to get kind of a eh performance out of him, 
I mean, for him, three of eight and 13 points. Right. That's not what he was hoping for. But for them to still control the game and win by 13, and this is just a tough team to stop right now. So we'll see if San Diego State can do it. It is a it is a matchup that you know that that hopefully it, that is where they focus. San Diego State, big time defensive team, and if they can crash the boards against UConn like they did against FAU, that was the key. Although Zay, I would advise them not to miss nine free throws. That's yeah. probably not going to work tonight against UConn. But that was the whole thing with them, FAU. They kept giving up those second free throw yep. rebounds. And they, San Diego they, State kept taking advantage and scoring after they get that ball off the board. And once they start killing them inside, it's a wrap. They won't be able to do that against UConn, but UConn won't be able to dominate down low against San Diego State. That's for sure. Yeah, missing free throws should not be an offensive strategy. Mm-mm. But they turned it into one. It's, it's crazy. weird. They want to change the game. They want a final four with it. They didn't mean to do it, but it ends up changing the game because they just couldn't. Uh, they FAU just couldn't get them off the off the the boards there, off the free throws. Big game tonight, obviously eight twenty, the tip time on CBS with UConn and San Diego State, and it does look like Hawkins will be able to go and be healthy. So UConn at full power. Look out. Aztecs. Coming up next, it's Where We At in Society with Zay, and then at 2 o'clock we'll get back to the championship game tonight for the men and all the craziness around the women's championship game. Did you watch and were you offended? Coming up on The Horn. Chad and Zay. Is this our introdu- introduction to Jelly Roll? Yeah. What's it called? Bottle and Mary Jane. Well, I'm in on that. Yeah, me too. That's, That's why I picked it. Good title. Yeah. Good title. So Jelly Roll, I don't know exactly what he won last night. I haven't gone back to watch the full show, but he won some big award. Screamed and yelled, and at the end of it said, Mama, what did he say? Mama, we're shutting down 6th Street tonight. That's dope. Come see me. I like that. It was great. I like that. Yeah, that was good. Shout out 6th Street. Yeah, he was shouting it out. It, 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 it was a lot of good energy in the room when he won. It's interesting. It sounds like there's some talent there and an yeah. in- interesting uh, interesting kind of combo of uh, of things. I love, I love those ideas, man, when somebody can come up with something that's distinctive to them. And then if a community embraces it, it's got to be tough. Yeah, I hear the hip hop. He got yeah. some soul. You hear I it. I see it. Yeah, that uh, it's interesting. That country fan base is uh, has been tested these last few yeah. years with certain artists. So our dude Anthony Williams, he sent me a message of Jelly Roll and his wife. I send it to you. Yeah, Jelly Roll doing pretty good for himself. Is that right? Doing pretty oh, good for himself. Oh no, no, I saw himself. her. That blonde. Yo, holy moly. Yes, I saw the two of them sitting in the crowd, and I thought, okay, I love that those two are at the CMT Awards. I don't even know who they are, but when I first saw her, the first flash in my mind was Ice-T's wife. Coco. The first person I thought of where it was just kind of like, is that, oh, no, no, it's not her, but wow, that's a strikingly attractive woman, and uh, okay, good for Jelly Roll. All right. Yeah, you know she rubbing that tummy with baby oil. My goodness gracious. Jelly Roll, Judas Priest, Pink Floyd, and Whitesnake. There's a music festival I would attend. Uh, now, I'm, now I'm interested. I think next week, let's set, it, let's set the date for next week, we'll go Jelly Roll. 
Both of us. Yes, both of us will have to listen to the Jelly Roll album. I don't know what it's called, but we will find out. I mean, out. he just dropped one called Need a Favor. Okay. I don't know which one's the best, though. I'll do a little research. We'll figure yeah, I'll it out. I'll do a little research. I'll do research, figure out maybe which one, you know. People, if you're a, a, a fan, a, a jelly head, I mean, a ro- roller. No, nah, it's not an album that he just dropped. He just dropped like a three-song EP. But No, we can't do that. We can't do that. I'll look into it, see if he's got a full record. If he okay. got a full album, we'll do it. Uh, we'll do that one next week. CMT Awards were over at Moody last night. We've uh, talked a little bit about that. We'll get back into the championship games. Men's championship game last night. Women's championship game. A high level and a high amount of controversy for some at the end of that game we'll get back to angel reese and caitlin clark and was it a john cena reference or a g unit reference we're giving you some history today thanks to our man jeff howe for texting that in uh we'll get you to all that coming up but right now it's where we at in society let's see what zay's got for us where are we at in society today i don't know why that was so loud all right zay that was a little extreme it's okay it's monday it's excitement we just got out of wrestlemania you know a lot of yelling going on yeah we hype uh, am I going to Twitter today? Yeah, What's you're happening? going to Twitter. We are okay. hype like this man, Lil Boosie. Lil Boosie. Lil Boosie. He's right. a rapper from Baton Rouge, huge uh-huh. LSU fan. Okay. Uh, we've played Boosie before, him and Webby. We'll probably play some Boosie later on today, that and some Tony Yayo. But Bootsie, now, this is why this is so important because Bootsie is the song the LSU women jam before and after games. They were okay. jamming that set it off. You saw Flage Johnson, who's the rapper. She was going in. They were bumping set it off. So Bootsy's big in Baton Rouge. He's huge. Okay, gotcha. After LSU won the title, the women's title, yesterday, Bootsy went to his home, which he has a basketball court, like a sports court, uh-huh. and cut down the nets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Big Baton Rouge guy. It puts it around his neck. Puts it around his neck like he did something. Now, again, he did do a little bit because he's the music to what these girls bump getting hyped for games. The word you're looking for is he's their inspiration. There it is. He's the inspiration. He inspires them to be as great as they are, and you know when they saw this video they loved it. Yeah. I haven't listened to the audio yet, but he's got a little cut in of the You Can't See Me with Caitlin Clark doing it. Oh, and, he was going in on her. And Angel Reese doing it. It's so, great. There's also a clip where he's watching the game, and it's over, and he's videoing himself, and he's saying, Caitlin Clark, Larry Bird, get your daughter. Larry oh, Bird, get your daughter. Wow. So he's completely lost his mind. I This is a bit much. Bootsy, you are the inspiration for the music. You don't I go, get it. You wouldn't go this far? Cutting down the nets to your own basketball hoop? I've never heard of a fan doing this. I've never seen this before uh, in my life. I've never heard of this. Y'all let us know if you have had any kind of basketball success in your life as a fan. Did you – like Longhorn fans, when you won the NIT – did, oh come on! All right, no, that, that's rude. No, no, no. We only we we know only the people that were in charge of the website cut down nets. Such for, a joke for that one. Okay, so um, yeah, I don't have enough history here. I I think there was an A and M team in my life that might have made the NIT quarters, but there's no reason to cut anything for that. So does anybody do that? If you're a Spurs fan, there's a great example. You've won five of the things. Uh, I'm a Mavs fan. When they won that title in 2011, I did not think to cut a net down. 
But, but I they don't do that in the NBA, so that's just not a... Oh, that's true. You're right. It's not a pro thing. Not a pro thing. Yeah, it's got to be the college thing. My college has not been into that discussion. If you are a fan of Kentucky or Kansas or UCLA, whatever it is, let us know. Heck, the Longhorns made the Final Four in 03. You cut down nets for that, right? Yeah. At the regional championship level. So when the Longhorns were going to San Antonio with TJ Ford, did anybody out there go to their goal and start trimming? Yo, for somebody who's put up nets before, that's a, it takes a long time to cut down the net, your own hoop. You got to do the little thread. Yeah, that's a very selfish thing. move, Bootsy. Yeah. That's a very selfish move because I know his ass ain't put that up. Dude, when I was little and we had the goal, we put we put it in cement right near the house. And we had first it was on the house itself. We had to be real careful not to break the garage yeah. uh, window. Then we actually mounted it outside where it was a little better. And when the net went bad and I could convince my mom or dad to buy a new net, putting the new net on was the coolest thing in the world for me. Really? Like when you first went on because it went, you know, it was old and dingy. They made it, I mean, they'd go forever. It was coming, you know, it'd be t- oh, yeah. torn off. And you get that fresh white net. And the very first time the ball hits it. Oh, yeah, no, like a fresh net. That's good stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. But you're right. You have to thread it through, and there's like what? How many? There's there's a lot of steps. 10, 12 of those things. Yeah, there's a lot of steps. On a, on a rim. That's so funny. So, Lil Boozy. <laughs> okay, you know there's going to be a video soon of Lil Boozy, Angel Reese, and Kim Mulkey, all in Kim Mulkey's clothes, like out somewhere in Baton Rouge. That's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, the parade's going to be crazy. Those three at the Mike the Tiger exhibit on campus going crazy. Yeah. You're right. That parade's going to be nuts. What is she going to wear to that parade? Ooh. They asked, I saw her interviewed on Good Morning America today. They asked her what about the clothes and everything, and she just laid it out. She said, I've always been the one that loved to dress up for school. Been doing it my whole life. And then we got a lot of LSU alums that – she didn't talk about the Baylor part, but she said we got LSU alums that are designers – we had LSU alums that are into clothes, and they'll send me ideas and say, would you wear that? Would you wear this? She said, sometimes I have to let them know, hey, I'm 60 years old. I can't wear that. Sometimes. But she said, I like wearing stuff that's loud and, you know. And she said- Like 60 years old, it might be showing too much skin? Maybe. Or yeah. or we, Show know, that skin, Kim Mulkey. If she feels like it crosses some kind of a line, I guess. I saw, there was one outfit I had not seen. I saw a little picture of it today. And on the front, it said something like, uh, something like, kiss me, I'm a queen- or something like that. Yeah. S- something to that effect. And I, ha- I hadn't seen that one until today. But she said, you know, if it gets one or two more people to come to a women's basketball game, so be it. They've set records at the Maravich Center and you know, kind of all-time stuff there. So she said, hey, if, I feel like I've done my job if it gets a couple people to care. I like her so basketball. much more at LSU than I do in Waco. Oh, I'm ten times, yeah, absolutely. It's not even close. Like, I actually felt a little bit when she started crying and stuff. Yeah. Especially when I know these kind of girls that she be getting, and I knew what was going to happen. Once she did, Angel Reese did the Tony Ayo, John Cena thing, I was like, oh, she's about to get killed on social media. And then Coach Mulkey said, some people don't coach type these type of girls. I was one of these types of girls. I played with these types of girls when we were winning national championships at La Tech. So I'm always going to recruit them. She said, I played with – she said, I coach attitude. I played with attitude. I played with attitude. Yeah, Yeah, that's one thing. You weren't going to mess with Kim. I mean, Kim Mulkey might have gotten a hell beat out of her if she got in a fight back in the day. She was 5'4 and a little guard at 5'4, but she was tough as nails. Oh, yeah. She would fight. If if it was uh, if it was needed, yeah, let her headbutt you back then when she had that five head going oh, crazy, yeah, there was a and lot. those braids, yeah. let her headbutt you back then, see if you get up. 
There might have been like a file or something in those braids. You never know if she needed it. Just to go at somebody. Uh, we'll get back into that discussion. Did you watch the women's final? Most importantly, did you watch? Were you entertained? Did you think it was high-level basketball? Would you actually watch women's basketball moving forward where maybe you didn't check in before? Did Kim and LSU at least do that for you? Or... Did Kim and LSU make you think about classlessness and unnecessary comments or unnecessary gestures? Were you offended by something you saw? We'll get back into that, plus the men's championship tonight with UConn and San Diego State. Thanks for being with us on a Monday. Happy April. This is The Horn.